Hello, listener. Do you like scary movies? What's your favorite scary movie? Well, Jay and Mike like scary movies, too. You should go and subscribe to their podcast. We watched a movie. Because if you don't, I'll gut you like a... Well, I think you get the idea. Enjoy yourselves while you still can. This episode is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Learn more at slashandcast.net. Hey guys, welcome back to We Watched a Movie. Mike here, and as we all expected, Sydney, Scream 6 has been greenlit. What the great news is about all this is that they're bringing back the entire team just as it was for the original Scream, or for Scream 5, uh, 5 Cream. Uh, we all scream for 5 Cream. Radio Silence is back. The same writers are back. Kevin Williamson still producing. Spotglass, the whole deal, everything's the exact same. They're keeping it together, Sydney. Much like Halloween did the requel, Scream did the requel, and they're pulling the same thing that the Halloween Kills crowd did by keeping the entire team together. Only difference is this time they actually have the exact same writers on this for Scream 6. I've had this video percolating in my mind for some time. Uh, ever since I told you guys about one of my theories during our Scream spoiler stream. And I'll wait to get to that who I want the killer to be till the end. I know a lot of you probably know exactly what to expect, what I'm going to say as far as what the reveal will be. But I'm going to give you guys my little sort of treatment. I don't need Scream 6 to be this. Surprise me. Do whatever you want to. I think that's where we get into the whole disappointment game when you have a certain thing you want to happen. Then no matter how good the movie is, you're just never going to like it. I don't like to go that into movies that way. But this is just like if someone came to me right now and they're like, hey, you got – I thought – I you know, spent a couple hours probably thinking about this – but if someone's like, hey, you got a couple hours, pitch your Scream 6 and, you know, see if they like it or not. This was this would be what I would tell them. This is just fun fucking talk. And I think, I think some of them are pretty good ideas, but you might not. But I'd love to hear your all's ideas, uh, whether you agree or disagree with some of the stuff I'm saying below. All right, so here's my opening scene. This is the most one of the most important parts of the Scream movie. As you know, there are rules. Uh, one of the most important parts of the movie, the opening. And I'm just going to tell you right off the bat, Gail's going to die. Gail's going to die in my movie because I think it's time to. You can't kill Sydney. If you kill her now, then everything she's been through makes the other movies completely pointless. You know, it, it's, it's, it's hard to make the audience scared that she's in peril when we know that really she can't die. Nev Campbell doesn't want her character to die. But I have a semi-solution for that to make the scenes with her in them a lot more tension-fueled. The beginning of the movie takes place, and it actually picks up almost right after the events of Five. Now, I don't know if they go to the hospital. It just showed them kind of disappearing from the back of the ambulance, but one of them was shot, one of them stabbed. I'm imagining they had to go to the hospital. So maybe they go to the hospital, maybe on the way back from the hospital, but however they want to do that, very soon after the events of Five, as soon as possible, Gail and Sydney are in the car together. They're going back to the hotel. They're getting ready to get out of here. She's giving her a ride to the fucking train station. Whatever you want to do. They're in the car together. Sydney gets a call on the phone. And it is Ghostface. And immediately they're like, what the fuck is going on? And Ghostface is like, congratulations, you killed a couple high school kids. Again. You know, and he says, you know, they did their, they served their purpose though. They got you out of the house. And then right then, Sydney realizes Ghostface is in her home watching her children sleep. In the same home that Mark is in, he makes some reference to they look so cute while they sleep, whatever, however you want to do that. Ghostface is at her house while her kids and Mark are asleep. And Sydney, for the first time for us, 
She's been so strong and, and Ghostface face. <laughs> right then, you see the color drain out of her face, and she knows that he has her kids, and there's nothing she could do, or at least he's at her house where her kids are. You see Sydney scared, like truly scared for the first time since Scream 1 or 2. You know, all this, all this stuff that she's gained is gone. And she is that same scared girl that she was in the first movie. Strong, albeit scared to death. She actually has to, at this point now, play Ghostface's games. She has to do what he says. Because it's not her, it's her kids, and he's there. So I think that, that is a, that's maybe my favorite part of this whole thing, is actually Sydney, seeing Sydney be scared again. I think that'll add another layer onto the movie. But anyways, she has to do what he's saying now. She has to actually listen to him. No smart-ass jokes, no nothing. However they want to do that dialogue, I want him to direct them to a house. He tells them where to turn. It's close by. But Ghostface has them go to Casey Becker's house. They walk in. They're doing exactly what he says. We see the kitchen from the original Casey Becker house uh, totally recreated. Uh, just to be in that place again would be pretty goddamn neat. The next thing you know, Ghostface appears in one of the windows. You know, During the conversation, however they want to do this reveal, Ghostface appears in one of the windows. And you think, okay, that's Ghostface. And it's, it's Sydney and Gale back to back. Like, what the fuck, you know? The next thing you know, over here in the North Corridor, another Ghostface pops up in front of the window. Fucking over here, another Ghostface. And before you know it, you've got four Ghostface in different windows at different vantage points surrounding the house. I think that would just be a mind-blowing, surreal thing to see take place on screen in, in the opening act. And I'm going somewhere with all this. But when you see that, I'm, I think it'd be like, holy shit, fuck what? And then you do the chase scene. You do a really good opening chase scene. Ultimately, what happens, though, however they want to play this out, Gail's the one who gets it. I think it's time for Gail to die. And I think at the very end, I don't know if Sydney gets knocked out or how they do this, but I think at the very end of it, when Gail's about to die and she says something to the effect of what she said at the end, I'm not making you sick fucks famous anymore. And then he says the line, you know, then what good are you? Raises the knife. Boom. Title drop. And I'll get to what the name of the title is going to be at the end. Because uh, I think that's very fitting for the way the movie actually ends. That's your scream opening for me. Again, I don't know how you guys feel about that. I feel strongly. I like it a lot. And some people might not might really hate the idea of multiple ghost face. But there's a point to it, which I'll get to. So after that, it's the typical Scream movie that's going on. You know, who's doing this? The uh, Who's going to die next? Who's And you got to bring in the other people, too. you got to bring Sam in there. you got to bring Amber in there. Or not Amber, fuck me. you got to bring Mindy in there. I think Mindy's, Mindy's character in this one should have this complex of being like, oh my god, we're in the second movie. She continues to be that Randy-ish character. She's like, we're in the second movie now. And she's like... I'm going to die in this movie because I'm basically Randy in this franchise and Randy dies in the second movie. And that could be a continuous joke that Mindy almost dies constantly, but doesn't even though she's sure she's going to Chad, he could die. You could ch kill Chad in this one, or you could turn him basically into Dewey and not the character of Dewey, but just the fact that it, in every single movie, he keeps getting mortally injured and somehow surviving at the end. They could play that joke or they could kill him off. Tara has got to play an important part in it, but you also have to give her time to heal from her injuries. Maybe like two months later or some bullshit like that. I don't know. I don't love that. What I like actually is for Tara to actually become that 
that really injured, like, like I cannot believe this is still fucking happening. Like, all the shit that she went through at the, in, in the first, in Scream 5, for her to go through this movie as a heroine again, still that injured and still getting roughed up. I mean, it's like, it's like that scene in Ready or Not where she puts her hand on the, she's getting her hand ripped open and you're like, Jesus Christ, how much is she going to fucking go through? You know what I mean? It's that torturous final girl situation, but now it's spread out over two movies and it's like, it's almost too much. But if you did that, if you walked that line, I think it could be kind of cool. Sam's going to be back. And you know, I think she's been, she's been touted to us as the new Sydney on purpose because I think eventually in this franchise, Sam's going to be a killer. Not in my movie though. Uh, not in this one. You could bring Mark into this movie as a character. You could have Sydney calling him. He could show up to try to help. He could try to help detective this thing, kind of like he did in Scream 3. Or you could have Sydney make sure he stays home to protect the girls. You can go either way with that. You could kill Mark off, but I think that's a little fucked up too. I think you got to do all the detective stuff, the red herrings, bring in different characters. There's a couple characters that weren't in the other script that you could bring in. Uh, Tara and Sam's mom. Being one of them, she played Christina in the script. She was drunk and she was a shitty mom. Uh, they don't actually show her in the movie, but she was in the script twice. You've got Vince's mom and Stu's sister, Leslie, who we haven't seen before. She could be a character that comes back. And again, I think you've got to bring in new characters to kill off. I'd love to see a high body count, especially since we've established that there's at least four ghost face. And there have been up to six because two of them are dead. Martha Meeks could die. Deputy Vincent could die. Uh, just a ton of stuff that you could do there. But that's all the, the window dressing, the in-between stuff. It's on to the reveal, the biggest part of this. You know what I mean? You know what this is? If you know what this is, you know where I'm fucking going. So they're at the end. They're at the penultimate party or however you want to do it. You've got whoever survived up to this point left. I think, I think you know, Sam probably survives. Tara probably survives. And, you know, you've got Sydney there. At least those three are there in the house at the penultimate scene. And what happens is we're thinking the entire time, who are these four people? Right. But I think Sydney kills one of the ghost face. Like we get to see her just really just fuck up a ghost face and kill him, takes off his mask. And it's just some random person. It's just some random teenager. Maybe we've seen him in the movie. Maybe we have it. And maybe they, they specifically go, I don't, who the fuck is that? And there was like, who the fuck is that? And they're very confused by the whole thing. The second killer pops out right then maybe sam kills him we get to since you have so many heroines now so many final girls it would be cool to see them each get their moments but either way we're killing we've killed like two ghost face here and we've pulled off their mask and nobody even knows who the fuck they are or they were just some random kid in art class or some bullshit like that nobody important it's talk about subverting the audience expectations you think it's going to be this big person and then it's just nobody and even the cast don't know who the fuck it is i think that'd be a wild kind of meta situation uh so this sort of thing keeps happening a little bit but eventually when the ghost faces get them pinned down the one steps out into the middle Removes the mask. Surprise, Sydney. Surprise, Sydney. It's fucking Stu. It is Stu, and I know some of you hate that, and most of you expected it, but it's Stu. <laughs> hear me out. Hear me out. I know some people hate this idea. I know some people love it. Sydney says, How the fuck are you alive? No, they buried you. I saw it on the news. You're dead. You had a funeral. They talked about it on the news. And he says, he says, you can't believe everything you read in the news, Sid. My parents have friends in high places. And then he explains to her what happened. And you could go back with the camera and you could show some of this taking place. Uh, but 
it, however you want to do this. If, if, if the explanation sounds good enough or if they feel the need to go in and kind of flashback us and throw us into that moment again, they could show certain scenes and recreate that if they wanted to de-age him. I don't give a shit. So he tells her, he explains, her, explains to her and all of us exactly what happened. All right, because one of the biggest plot holes with us bringing Stu back to me, it's not if he was dead or alive. Uh, Kevin Williamson said when he went the, in the original Scream Three script that he had lived and he was running this cult, and that's what Scream Three was going to be about before Columbine. So to me, the question's not if he it, it, did he live, could he have survived? It's a question of how did they keep that secret? How through five movies now has nobody mentioned? You know, Stu could have been Stu in jail. It could have been Stu surviving, like whatever. Like nobody's mentioned him as far as being survived or being in a mental hospital or being in jail or anything. That's the biggest plot hole for all this. And it's the hardest one to overcome. But how they did it was basically Stu explains to her that his parents have friends in high places. Look at his fucking house. Clearly they have money, uh, including Sheriff Burke, who never really had his story played out after the original scream. They even red herring the shit out of him by showing his boots being the same boots we saw in the bathroom scene where the gown comes down in the high school. So in this scene, you can also have Stu be like, hey, you remember Bobby Blanks to Sydney, some random name or whatever? And she looks confused and he's like, you know, died drunk driving accident, leaving my house to go see Principal Henry's body hanging from the goalpost that night. Got in a drunk driving accident. You shouldn't drive drunk, Sid. Car blew up, terrible fire, horrible deal, closed casket, just like mine, by the way. Switch a couple files, bribe a few officials. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> and then you realize that his parents paid, basically, they paid off somebody at Woodsboro to switch the bodies with the help of Sheriff Burke. The tiny little particular details, I don't know. You could show it. You could show a play out if you want. Or if the explanation's good enough. My mom and dad are you know, they obviously moved away from Woodsboro after all this happened. They're not going to stay in the same town where the senseless bloodbath occurred and their son was apparently killed. So it makes sense that they would move away. But they moved away and they kept him hidden. And during this time, they kept him hidden and he couldn't go outside of the house. You know, he got on fucking AOL. <laughs> he got on Instant Messenger. He got on What's Now Reddit. All that shit like that. And he's been pulling the strings of all of these screen movies, basically, this entire time. And most of them didn't even know it. And he makes jokes about that, how how easy it was i feel like that that conversation coming out of matthew lillard's mouth this big diatribe would just be fucking beautiful maybe he simply got roman the information he needed to send him off the fucking edge maybe he's the one who introduced tim the all offense character in scream 2 to billy loomis's mom all there's a whole bunch of stuff that you could do in here uh, but basically, Stu's been behind some, if not all, of the, the events that have happened since the original Scream. And he's had time to do that because he's been kept hidden away because he's supposed to be fucking dead. He basically doesn't exist. So that's what he's been doing. He's been spending all of his time on revenge, on doing this, and that's how he's done it. He's definitely behind the events of Scream 4. And he tells her, he's like, you know, it took me a long time to heal. However you want to do that. He was like, but I definitely wasn't going to let some kids kill off one of the legacy characters. No, no, Dewey had to be done by me. I had to do Dewey, just like I'm going to do you, just like I did Gale. And we finally find out for sure it was not Amber in that scene. And, and again, I want to point out that I think the directors know this. I think they knew this. If you watch how the hospital scene is filmed, it looks different. Ghostface looks different. There's no way that was Amber in my mind. If it is, then it was a pretty big plot hole. Uh, so I think that that's actually what they're going to do. And I think they knew this from the beginning, which is why the movie got greenlit so fast and they're shooting it so fast. 
I think they at least had this idea booked. Okay, if the first movie doesn't do well, we'll leave it alone. But if it does well, we got a trilogy planned. And either in the second movie it's revealed it's due. Maybe in the third movie. I don't know. Could be wrong about all this. But um, they could have had a, a sequel planned and written anyway, and it didn't include Stu. But I think that that was damn Stu in that hospital who killed Dewey, and that was the reason why. And then he could confess his love to her even. He could say, you know, I still have a thing for you, Sid, or whatever. I actually always have. And you know what's fun is that I don't exist. I don't exist in this world, and I can't have anybody. But you can't have happiness either. No matter where you go or what you do or what family you give, you're always coming back to Woodsboro. You're always forced back here. Ghostface always finds you. You're never going to be happy until you just give up and come with me. And then we could you know, be nobody together. Maybe even try to get her to become a killer as well. However they want to do that, that's his whole motive here is that he's actually in love with Sid and has been since the beginning. One more bag of surprises in my Scream 6 pitch though. Before I'm done. And that is, at the end, while he's telling her this, you know, he's saying, there's no Michael with no Jamie Lee. You know, there's no you without me. There's no me without you. He's doing that, using the meta thing for that. At that point, she says, right before she figures out her escape or whatever she's going to do, like she always does, she drops the badass line, well, maybe it's time for the sequels to move the fuck on then, which some of us have thought about Michael and Jamie Lee, about all this stuff, about them bringing back the old characters. So I think that would be a cool meta line at that point. Not only has Stu been using all this time hidden away from the world to, to put people in touch that would maybe be psychotic enough and have enough of a motive to try and kill Sydney or get fame or whatever it was in these past movies. But he's also started a cult, an online cult. And that's why he has these kids doing his bidding for him, these people doing his bidding for him. But we don't know who they are, and we still don't know how many of them there are. So right after that line, when Sydney drops the, well, maybe it's time for the story to move the fuck on then, she gets away, she kills him, she, they think he's down, However that plays out with her and Sam and Tara, cool action scene, they think he's down for the count, and then they start to do their old joke, oh, you know, the killer always comes back for one last scare. This time, it's a couple of the random ghost faces that start popping up left and right, and it's like a, it, it's, it's a holy shit moment. It's like, oh, this is crazier than any of the last moments have been, however they want to do that. But in the midst of that going on, they look down on the ground, Stu is gone, and someone says something to the effect of, what do we do now? I don't know. They've never survived before. Boom. Title drop. The title is Ghostface. That's Scream 6. And it lets you know for the first time the killer survives. We don't know how many killers are out there. And this is a brand new fucking era for Scream. And there's definitely going to be a sequel. Huh? Huh? These shoes? These fucking shoes? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think it works. I think it works. And by the way, Courtney Reed, you're the one that picked Ghostface in the subtitle competition. So we are sending you a signed Ghostface, my dude. Uh, but yeah, let me know what you guys think. I'm out of breath now. Uh, let me know what you guys think about that. And again, try to be gentle. Um, you know, I feel like it's going to be, no, fuck you, Stu can't come back. Or... No, fuck you, Stu should come back, but I hate your ideas. <laughs> or Gail doesn't die or whatever. I know, this. I'm just spitballing here. I'm not saying this is how it has to be. I'm not saying that this is the best way for it to be. I'm just saying that's the best I could come up with. I have never written any. I've never written a movie. I've never written a treatment for a movie. This is just for fun. Uh, shooting, the, shooting the shits. And uh, seeing if we get anything right. 
But if that happened, comment down below. What would you guys think about it? We love your fucking faces. We're going to have all the Scream content. Start shooting this summer. All the Scream, all the Halloween kills, all the good shit. And this is, by the way, the best time to join our Patreon early in the month. Got a bunch of cool shit on there. Just uploaded a hatchet commentary like last week. And uh, we love your fucking faces, guys. Thanks for watching. Please click the like button because that helps a whole bunch. And uh, uh, you are Sharon Stone. You're fucking... You know what? You're no Sharon Stone. You're fucking better than Sharon Stone. All right? Love your fucking faces, guys. Thanks for watching.